the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Thank you for joining us. We're glad you're here. The phone number is 888-825-5225. The call is free, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. Oliver starts off this hour in Canada. Hi, Oliver. How are you? Hello, Dave and Jade. It is an honor to speak with you both. Awesome. How are you today? You're how are you? Better than we deserve. How can we help? I am good. Uh, I have a question. It's kind of complicated so i'll explain it as best as i can um i'm going through the baby steps i've been listening to you since 2017 and uh i had made it to what i thought was baby steps four and six i'm not sure if i'm actually really there um because uh, me and my brother have a partnership business it's a small business that we do together and um back in 2018 i foolishly took over Um, some debt that he had created with a lot of business expenses, but it was on his own credit card, but still tied in with the business um, because he was trying to be approved for a mortgage. Uh, So in order to get that mortgage, I had to, well, I didn't have to, but um, basically he had to get rid of that debt out of his name, and I foolishly put it into my name. Um, I know that was a stupid thing to do, but that's what happened. And basically... I was while doing my while doing my budgeting since that time. I'm like, as far as the bank is concerned, that debt is in my name now. So that's my debt, even though I didn't create any of that debt. It was all my brother. So I'm just wondering on if I should go about the baby steps by. Sorry, I'm just a bit nervous. That's okay. Um, no, dude, dude, it's real simple. You're in debt. You're in baby step two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, it's a long, convoluted, crazy, stupid story how you got there, but, yeah. but you know, you're in debt. How much is yeah. it, Brandon? Um, it's about, let me see, there's about 19000 left. Okay. And how much is in your emergency fund? So I did have $14,000, um, which is another story. I, I had to take about 4600 just this past month in January to pay myself because I wasn't able to pay myself from the business. It's not the most profitable, which is another issue uh, that maybe I should talk with call again about or call, call Ken Coleman. Yeah. But um, there's about uh, 2,600 left in my emergency fund. 2,600. I thought you started with 14,000 and took out 4,600. How did you get to 2,600? Sorry. Let me check that. So, Unless you were doing more with that money, you should have around 10000 yeah. left, right? If you only took yeah, 46 right. So I'm just looking at my numbers here. Um, okay, so here's the deal. The business I, I went into it a couple times. The business, based on the fact that your brother ran into debt, and they moved the debt over to you, and now you're having to use money out of your savings to eat from the business, it doesn't sound like this yeah. business is much fun. No, it's not. So let's go get a job. I'm doing a side hustle right now. It's not much, but... I, it needs to be a lot. Flexible. You need a job. Yeah. You need to, you need money to eat with, and you don't have money to eat with. Well, I don't know how to do that, because it's 
Like me and my brother are the owners. I have employees. It's a small business. I have three employees. We've either got to get the income up from the business or we need to close it. It's not a business when it's losing money. It's a hobby. Well, that's the other issue. I'm trying to, you know, me and my brother don't agree with um, certain things on with finances and all of that. And he, he thinks credit cards are fine. Even more reason, even more reason to close it. Have you ever watched the show Shark Tank? Yes. And Mr. Wonderful says you need to take this business out back and shoot it. Yeah. I've already spoken with my brother about, you know, I'm not enjoying the, I've told him very clearly, I'm not liking how this partnership is going, Mm -hmm. even though I care for him as my brother. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I've already told him like, you're not, you guys aren't making enough money to run the business. So it could be, you just turn the keys over to him and let him have it. And then you go get you a job. Do what? I've told him that I would just start my own business, you know, doing the, doing the same type of business of, of what I'm doing now. Just make, just be the sole owner. I've told him that that's an idea I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, to not have a partnership, just have me run my own business. Well, somewhere you've got to get money to eat, honey. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear and, you. And then we, and then we can attack the $19,000 in credit card debt. That is now your credit card debt because you yeah. des- you decide to make it yours. So now it's yours. And right. um, so th- there's two issues on the table. One is how do we get out of your credit card debt of 19000 And the answer is first thing we do, stabilize our income and get some income. And then the second thing is we're going to start the baby steps, which is $1,000 left in your account because everything else went to the 19000 The credit cards are cut up and closed, and then you attack them with a vengeance with your extra job, your six extra jobs, and you your side hustle and grind, and then you clean that mess up and you move on. But what all of this is doing, um, sadly, Oliver, is it's going to make you face what you didn't want to admit. So my friend Henry Cloud wrote a book called Necessary Endings. When is it necessary to end a job, a business, a relationship? It's when there's no hope in the future, in your mind, that it's going to get better. And so, uh, you know, my boyfriend does drugs. Okay, there's no hope that that's going to get better is when you ax the drug-using boyfriend. Gone, right? If not sooner, but... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But, I, but yeah, but I mean, same thing with business. When do, when do I close down a product line at Ramsey? It's when I lose hope that we can ever make it work. Right. Until then, I'll, I'll, I'll go at it, you know, but winners never quit. Yes, they do. They quit doing stupid stuff. And yet another time when the facts are your friends, because you can look at the bottom line. You can look at the facts over the course of the time of this business and see, hey, like it's not making money yeah. and it's not good for our relationship. I have a feeling, Brandon, I think he loves the people that work there and he wants them to be all right. And, you know, but still too late. It's too late. Too late. You've lost control of your ability to provide for them uh, because your brother's out of control. The business is not working. You're not making a living. All of these things are indicating, indicating, indicating this is probably coming to an end unless you have a reason to have hope about the future. But everything you've told me doesn't give me much hope for the business in the future, in the current state that it's in and the way it's being run and everything else. So. If you say, okay, these three things change, then I would have hope. Okay, then you could submit those three things to be changed, um, or the change is going to be, I'm out of here. <laughs> that would be my choice. <sighs> Just being honest. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty quick, pretty quick. 
Only ship that won't sail, folks, is a partnership. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, whether you're starting on a card table like I did or well on your way to becoming a multi-million dollar company, NetSuite can help your team communicate and plan ahead better like they do for Ramsey. Let me tell you, NetSuite really helped us get our systems together and more than 37,000 other companies also use NetSuite to know their numbers and their business better. So check out NetSuite today and find out how they can help you become the business you want to be five or 30 years from now. And right now you can download NetSuite's free KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Well, some of you survived the 300 days of January. Was that a long month or what? It was so long that a lot of you lost uh, all the energy and enthusiasm you had to get your life straightened up. So uh, we're here to uh, remind you that you had energy and enthusiasm to get your life straightened up. It just seems like a long time ago. Hey, you can make changes with your money. Change is hard, but so is mediocrity. And that's why you got to have people walking with you. And that's why the Financial Peace University classes have been a game changer for about 10 million people now. In an FPU class, you learn our proven plan to get out of debt so that you can build wealth and be outrageously generous. And you do it with other people that are going over and going through the exact same thing. Hundreds of FPU classes are popping up all across the country, both online and in person. And you can sign up for an FPU class. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash FPU class ramseysolutions.com slash fbu class you could join jade's i hope that you do join mine mine starts march 1st you can find it by going to financialpeaceuniversity.com but there is a specialized link if you are watching on youtube you can click that qr code we will also put the link in the show notes and uh, i'd love if you joined our class it's going to be great we are going to dive into all the stuff ask me any questions and uh not only that but we will have a q a the next day on social media on my instagram that you can come in there and we'll answer questions there as well so i'm excited for you guys this is I tell Dave, I got to say, there's two things that I tell people about all the time. FPU and Jesus. They're the two biggest X factors of life change. And Sam. And well, I don't tell them about Sam because Sam is mine. No, no. I know. There's no sharing there. You do tell them about it. (laughs) Hey, I will warn you people, do not join Jade's class unless you're about doing this because she loves you well. And I'll, let me define that for you. She going to knock the crud out of you if you don't get yourself in gear. Oh, yeah. Don't don't come in talking about, oh, Jade, it's, it's so it's hard. hard. Don't, it's don't, hard. No, no whining. No whining. No whining with Jade. Because you know what else is hard? It's a no whining zone. It's hard not being, it's hard being collected by dil, bil, bill collectors. I can't even get it out of my yeah. mouth. It's so hard you can't say it. Yeah. Man, it's hard to go to the grocery store and not have enough money for groceries. 
It's, it's hard, hard to, to not, it's hard to be worried all the time. It's hard. It's hard to not sleep well at night because you've got So debt. she's going to love you so much that she's going to call out the stuff and hey you're gonna do it you're gonna do it it. this is a fun thing i mean we work together we call each other out and and we lift each other to another level you'll level up as you go through this that's right and so financial peace university ramseysolutions.com click on fpu so blake thompson was my very first producer on this show he's been with me 22 years now and he now runs all of ramsey networks and works here in the building has got a very very large crew including all the booth people and they're running the show today and the ones on every podcast that we do around here or every uh radio show that we do around here and of course blake and i started with the uh the money game later the dave ramsey show now the ramsey show on radio and he sent me an email this morning that just kind of blew my mind so um we have now tallied up and we are billionaires uh, not net worth, <laughs> although maybe, but, uh, aside from that, we now have had $1 billion worth of debt reduced in debt-free screams Woo-hoo! alone during the time we've been doing debt-free screams all added up all the people, just the ones on the air, not all of you that didn't come on the air, but the ones that did their debt-free scream on the air is now over a billion dollars. We have now had over one billion podcast downloads of this show and we have now had over 1 billion youtube views of this show wow we're three billionaires billion with a b wow that just blows my mind a billion downloads of this podcast uh yeah we're in the top five podcasts in the world literally um, there's only a handful of people that have had a billion downloads, Joe Rogan, me, NPR, a couple of others, but, uh, that that's about it. But we've been on the podcast scene since before podcasting was cool and have been putting what was, what was, and is a radio show out over that venue. And that's where this comes from. A billion dollars of debt paid off with a billion podcast downloads and a billion YouTube views. That's a lot. I'm just saying. That's a lot. Brandon is with us. Brandon's in Atlanta. How can we help you, Brandon? Hi, sir. Congrats on the one billion successes. So here's one billion time you're going to hear that I'm wrong and you were right. <laughs> um, I got a Dummy Express card about four years ago. I've been listening to you since then. I never took everything that you said to heart, but I did listen. And I kept paying off the American Express. I got to a point where I accidentally racked up about $11,000 in debt, in credit card debt. Um, I'm down to 9000 now. I've been taking you serious for the last three months. I have a budget. I'm paying about $200 a month on it. Um, I've saved up, though, on the side, almost 5000 to put towards it. But right now, my, my job is in jeopardy. I make about seventy k a year um, after tax. My job has been in jeopardy lately. We're just waiting on some contracts to hit. Um, do I put the 5000 and just go ahead and start knocking down that debt, or do I hold it as an, an emergency fund just in case I need to find another job? In jeopardy sounds serious. Like a 50-50 yes, chance you lose your job? Um, about Yeah, around that or 60-40. I'm hopeful, but I can't 
don't want to use that as my excuse. Now, this is not vague worrying. There is a more than half chance you're going to lose your job. Uh, possibly, yes, Yeah, sir. you hold your cash then. Okay. Until until you get your income stabilized. And you're not working the baby steps. All we're doing is piling up cash. Yes, sir. And you hold the cash you've got, you pile up other cash to get ready. Because $5,000 is not spit, you lose your job. And once those contracts hit, if they do, and everything goes back to being stable, that's when I go back into the baby steps. Then you step, push sir. play. You push play again, and you empty everything out but 1000 and you attack that card. And $200 a month when you're making 70000 is pretty stinking wimpy. Yeah. You got to get after it harder than that. You stay out of the restaurant. Yes, stay out of the restaurant. Yes, sir. Am I wrong? No, you're completely right. Uh, with seventy k lately, with seventy k of income, he, he, you're doing a lot of restauranting, and a lot of mauling, and a lot of whining and dining. It sounds like. Yeah, rent rents went up in my area. Everything's went up for everybody, so that's not an excuse I can really use. But definitely once. Yeah. Uh, my Here's the thing. That, my the interesting up. thing, Brandon, and you've heard us say this because you've been uh, listening but not applying. But let me say it again just for you, okay? The thing that we have all discovered in this process is the angrier you get about this, the deeper you'll sacrifice temporarily, and then the faster you get out of debt. Because the deeper you cut your lifestyle, the more money you throw at the debt, the faster you get out mathematically. But that has to do with this visceral emotion that where you start to be like, uh, okay, I'm ready to do it now. No, 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 no. This is like, ah, okay. And when you get that thing going, mm-hmm. that's when you're going to get like $2,000 a month. On hey, this. you got to make it hurt. You got to cut it deep because when you cut deep, you, you hate, you hate it. And you hate that you have to live like that in order to pay off this debt. And so you'll never do it again. You will vow to never put yourself in that situation again. Uh, open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. And we do appreciate you guys. The fact that a billion of you have clicked on a YouTube, a billion of you have downloaded the podcast. Thank you so much. That's pretty stinking incredible. It's greatly honoring to us, and it makes us excited to come down here and help you every day and to answer your questions and to argue with you and all the fun stuff we get to do here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, and this is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar.
Jade Warshaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. I was being interviewed on another podcast this morning, and the guy asked me, Jade, he said, um, so what has changed over 30 years? And I said, well, everything's changed over 30 years. The <laughs> principles that we teach have not changed at all, but the there are new and uh, improved ways to do stupid Absolutely, that comes out every year. And, uh, to, 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 you know, and sometimes they rename old things and, uh, try to make them sound like they're new and stupid. Uh, but they're still violating basic principles. So let me give you the basic principle. The basic principle is the shortest distance between where you are and wealth is your greatest wealth building tool, which is your income. When you pledge your income to someone else in the form of debt, you slow down your ability to build wealth, and you add risk and anxiety to your life. It's a very simple equation. Zero debt leads you faster into wealth than anything else you can do with money. The number of millionaires, when we did the largest study of millionaires ever done in North America that said they borrowed their way into wealth was precisely zero. The number of them that said that their airline miles on their card made them a millionaire was precisely zero. The number of them that said, but I became a millionaire because I leased a car was precisely zero. The number of them that said they became a millionaire because they took out a whole life insurance policy was precisely zero. The vast majority of them had avoided debt completely or like the plague, and it kept their incomes freed up and caused them to be able to invest. I don't have any money for my 401k. No, but you have a $750 car payment, idiot. (laughs) No wonder you don't have any money for your 401k. $1,300 car payment. That's right. Or here, let's bring back an oldie but a goodie. (laughs) Now, because everybody's doing it again. You know, if you if those clothes, if you keep them long enough, they'll come back in style. And the same is true with stupid. So the home equity loan is back. Yes, home equity line of credit. The HELOC, the home equity line of credit. And uh, Lifehacker says, I used one when I got in trouble, so you should, everyone should have one in this stupid butt article. I remembered <laughs> we'd taken out a home equity line of credit when we bought the house, and it saved our butts. Oh, really? Oh, really? His whole house is leveraged on this money. Yeah. So, you know, do you know what a home equity line of credit is? Explain it for him, Dave. It's debt. It's a second mortgage. And you know what they base the interest rate on? Your credit? Nope. Mm. Whatever they feel like when they wake up that morning. Because it's variable. It's completely variable and it is not indexed to any outside thing. So Mr. Wow. Banker says today... I think I'm going to charge Joe Susie stupid money. So you mean to tell me Completely in 2021 when I saw everybody in my neighborhood redo their yard, redo their kitchen, redo everything, and I'm going, where is this money coming from? It's because they took advantage of their home equity. They leveraged. That's the word I like, Dave. They leveraged. Well, I, I'm, I'm sophisticated because my, my <laughs> equity otherwise was not working for me. And now I have new bushes. <laughs> At what cost? Yeah, that's that's what the you know, and th- that's what the banking ads sound like, don't they? I mean, if you listen, yeah. to, if you listen to SoFi, oh yeah, it's, oh, it's just smart make me money, SoFi smart money puke. moves. I'm just gonna SoFi throw up right here. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, I t- Dave, I told you this before the break. It's a good thing because I did so much stupid stuff before I got a hold of, of the principles here. If I had known about a HELOC, <laughs> thank God I didn't know about this because I would have just added it to the list of dumb stuff right next to co-signing a loan. Yeah. I would have put HELOC. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of idiot financial planners and people like Lifehacker who will tell you to get a home equity loan in case there's an emergency. Now, let's follow this line of, in air quotes, logic. Okay? So, you lose your job or you have another financial calamity of some kind. So, the home equity line is there to help you. You can go draw on it and you have money. So, at the moment that I've lost my job or had a financial calamity is precisely the moment that I want to go deeper into debt. This is the line of thought. That's a head scratcher. Yeah. So I, you know, I've had financial planners talk about this for years and I've had to just rip their sh- rip them to shreds because it's just so freaking stupid. Not all of them do this, but I mean, some of them will say open a home equity line of credit. Don't use it and use the fact that you can go tap into it if you need to as your emergency fund. And, so, and I always oh. tell them, so what I want, what do I want to do when there's an emergency what I want to do is add to the anxiety and the stress by going deeper into debt. Right. You're turning it dumber than a rock. Oh, my God. It turns the emergency into a crisis, into a crisis, because now you got whatever it is that you're having to deal with and you have to pay off the debt and it's at a variable rate of interest. So her, her point was, is that they had a uh, they had a uh, damage, storm damage, and they were able to use their home equity loan to fix it. Because apparently you don't know how to work with your insurance company. Because if you have storm damage and your roof's leaking, your insurance company will show up and start writing checks in about 36 minutes. Yeah. Uh, if you actually know how to talk to them. Instead, they didn't show up for you. You know why? Because you didn't need them. Because you went into debt. Yeah. There's a lot underneath the surface here on this article. And let me tell you what else happens. Every time you do this crap right here. Okay. House gets torn up. Mm-hmm. We use debt to fix the house, and mm-hmm. we're going to pay off the debt when the emergency, when the insurance check comes. You know what you always do? A hundred percent of the time, people, well, 98 percent of the time, people will do more repairs to the house because while we're at it, we're going to yes. go ahead and renovate, then the insurance check will cover. So when the insurance check comes, it's not enough to cover because we, while we were at it, we did some other stuff. Yeah. And that's Human what I'm freaking nature. That's okay? what I love in this article. He says the HELOC allowed us to get started immediately as with if, the repairs. As if insurance won't show up when the roof gets blown off your house. Yeah. I mean, really, if you have an insurance company on homeowners that will not show up and give you help immediately when there's storm damage, you have other issues that a HELOC won't fix. You know, I wonder what would happen if you just saved up for emergencies. Oh, wait. You had money. If you just saved up. Oh, there's an idea. I wish I'd have thought of that. And you had the amount. We should we should <laughs> do a radio show about that. That's awesome idea. And in your three to six months, you had the amount of your homeowner's insurance deductible. And you didn't have any payments. Oh. And so while you're at work, you're making money without any payments and you have an emergency fund. And then when you have a crisis, you have this thing called money. That's a great idea, Jade. And you just go, what is it? That sucks. All right, write a check. Yeah. That's all you do, Dave. Emergency fund turns a crisis into an inconvenience. And a home equity loan turns a crisis into an opportunity to be crisis squared. Mm -hmm. Double up, triple up, exponentially worse. 
So here's the here's you're not sophisticated if you used a home equity loan to cover your problems in life. You're broke. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing sophisticated about being broke. It's just dumb. Okay? Just dumb. Now I've been dumb and I've been broke. So stop being dumb. Stop being broke. We're going to walk you through this, and and you don't use. Well, I I'm I'm you know I'm utilizing the equity in my home that otherwise would not be working for me. You're an idiot, okay? When you say stuff like that, you're just an idiot because you are you're truncating your most powerful wealth building tool. You're slowing your wealth building down because you didn't have any money to cover emergencies. So everyone should have an emergency fund after they're out of debt, except their home. Baby step three of three to six months of expenses. We've been saying that for 30. We've been saying that longer than home equity loans have been in existence. (laughs) They were not even in existence when we started this radio show 30 years ago. They didn't make them. And now now we have a HELOC because we're not HELOC. It sounds so... Well, you're locked in. I'm a financial person of a HELOC. You get a HELOC, you get locked into debt. Yeah. That's about it. You know what? I I think somebody ought to complain. Why didn't they call it a Shelock? <laughs> Dave, don't go there. Yeah, I think, don't I, just, go I, think there. I just got canceled somewhere <laughs> in the universe. This is the Ramsey Show. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen, and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, But over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the Internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. Marshall Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Stuart is in Atlanta. Hey, Stuart, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, So just wanted to get your thoughts on where my wife and I are at. We are 32 years old. Um, Our income is roughly $185,000 a year, and we are currently on Baby Step 6. And my question is more around um, what we should do um, over the next couple of years. So we are almost we are almost ready to pay off our our house. And 
over the next couple of years, we are going to want to, um, you know, to move to a, probably a bigger house. But my question is more so around contentment, because I know that once we pay off our, our house, we, you know, we won't have any other payments. And so my question, I guess, revolves around, should we take the next three or so years and save up a really big down payment to get the house that we would live in, you know, forever, I guess you could say, um, or should we, um, not do that and instead just stay where we're at in the current house that we're in, um, and just use the money that we'll have every month, you know, to invest more, et cetera. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can get at this. Um, first, let's just dispel the idea that there is such a thing as a forever house. I'm 63. I've had four forever houses so far. (laughs) (laughs) I keep thinking they're forever and then they're not. Um, Sharon and I are planning to build another house right now. And she says, well, this, I'm going to build this because I'll probably die in this. I said, nah, not a chance. (laughs) Unless you die quick. I mean, it's just because we're, we're not, I mean, we, we're just, we're 10, 12 years, 13 years and we move on the next one. I mean, so, uh, maybe, maybe not, but so. All of that aside, you got a really good question. You put yourself in a wonderful position. Congratulations. You make a lot of money. Uh, you're debt-free. You're being very wise. You're thinking about things, which makes you also wise. Most people just do crap and then wonder how to clean it up. <laughs> and you're just doing really, really good, Stuart. So this is more of a discussion of smart or smarter, okay? It's, there's no sure. dumb in this discussion, okay? So just just way to go, dude. Way to go. So. If you live there and you, you're going to pay off, the home, is, is it paid off now or it's almost paid off? It's almost paid off. We should be making our final payment this month. Oh, oh wow. way to go. And what's that house worth? Um, probably around 220 225 Way to go. Good for you. Okay. And then you're going to want to move up sometime in the next few years to a house that is worth maybe what? Uh, we were... We were thinking probably around five hundred. Okay, so double. Okay, so you need you need three hundred grand, and you make one eighty, right? Yep. Okay. So I just do big math in my head as the way I do it. If I'm looking at this stuff to start to see how I can emotionally swallow this or not. Okay, is it going to take me ten years or is it going to take me twenty minutes? You know, that's what I'm always looking at. And so, um, in your case, if I did a hundred a year for three years, you're there, right? And you live on eighty. Right. You live on eighty. So that's one kind of contentment. Um, another kind of contentment is you live in the current home you're in for the rest of your life. A lot of people do that. Um, another kind of contentment would be to go ahead and sell your house now, buy the $500,000, $550,000 house, put the uh, whole equity from your current home into it, and then turn around and pay it off in three or four years with your great income. None of these are in the dumb column. Now, I, oh, I will tell you this. If you pay off your home, the way you've been intentional about this, the words you're using, how dialed in you are to the Ramsey stuff, and you sit there in a paid-for home till Christmas, I will tell you from personal experience, it's going to be very hard to take on a payment again and swallow it and get that down your throat. Yep. Yeah. That's what we've thought about, too. It's up to you. I'm just saying it really tastes especially bad the second time. (laughs) Yeah. It's like getting to swallow your food the second time. No, ugh, it's gross, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's just hard. Uh, you know, again, it, it, is anybody who can put down enough money and pay off their home in three years stupid? No. 
No, you're not even close. I mean, you're just in great shape. So any of these are fine, or you can kind of meet in the middle. Sharon and I, we don't borrow money, so we would have to wait and save it up, Sharon and I. But we don't yell at people on the Ramsey Show for taking out more than a 15-year mortgage where the payment's no more than a 15 or a fourth of your take-home pay. And you're nowhere even near that side of the equation. So you could actually land in the middle and say, okay, we're going to live here one year and put another 100000 in the bank, and then we're going to do it. And so, and then we're going to pay it off in two years. Or we're going to live here two more years and put 200000 in the bank and pay it off in one year. To be honest with you, Dave, I, I you know, that third option that you gave, you said regardless, Stuart, whether you save up for three years or it's such a small period of time too because i'm the type three years i'm like oh if we're going to pay it off in three years anyway i'd rather live in it while we're paying it off but these are the these are great problems to solve because like dave said there there's no stupidity here it's just it's just options and if you if you make that final home payment and you're like i like this i will never go back into debt again then wait it out but for those people listening i do think it's important to hear that you pay off you pay off one home. You're not a bad person if you go back and get a small mortgage again to now, move up in house. What I will tell you is this. Don't start looking at $550,000 houses after you've looked at $750,000 houses. That's a good point. That won't work. So just don't even go over there. Don't even go over there. Because you can actually pull that off too, but you gave me these guidelines. That's and a I'm good gonna, point. I would hold you to those in the name of contentment. Because I didn't give you the number. You gave yourself the number. So stick to it. Because yep. I got to tell you, you you look at a million-dollar house, they're great until you look at a two million. <laughs> and it just changes. The line keeps like, moving, it, doesn't it, it? It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you know you, you know what's nicer than a $50,000 car? A $100,000 car. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's just – but don't go drive one unless you're going to be buying one. Yeah. So, yeah, stay, stay out of that neighborhood. Don't go to open houses. I just want to see what the color – no, <laughs> no. Don't play yourself. No, no, no. I want to feel like – no, you don't. Stay away from there. Hey, Stuart, you're doing good, man. Congratulations. Tom's in Peoria, Illinois. Hey, Tom, what's up? Hey, Dave. Long-time follower. Uh, First-time caller here for you. Thanks. Uh, can we help? Really appreciate you guys. Uh, really appreciate you taking the call here. Uh, just want to get your idea here for me. Uh, I'm kind of in a unique situation. I am 56 years old. My wife is 52 years old. Uh, we live, we are completely debt free. Uh, our house is paid for, uh, following your steps early on in life here, starting in my thirties, our, our first home, we took out a small mortgage for, it was a, I shouldn't say small, it was a 15 year loan. Uh, we paid it off in five. Uh, we saved up for approximately five more years living at that home comfortably until we started having children. Okay. What's your uh, question started- for a run out of time? Uh, just want to know, uh, I'm a big car guy and I have, uh, quite a few collector cars here and I just want to know what you thought as collector cars as an asset for later on in life to cashing in on value as I don't know if you follow the cat, the, the collector car market at all. I just want to yeah, know what you thought. I've, about I've got a 1970 car. frame up restro or 1960 frame up restro, uh, Corvette. So yeah, I got one oh, in my garage. Very nice. Got one in my very garage. Nice. So, uh, the uh, I was born in 1960, so I wanted a 1960. So yeah, I'm in. I'm in. The, I'm in the business. Uh, the thing about collectibles is uh, they're so dependent. It's such an 
a weird market. It's such an imperfect market. It's an unpredictable market. Um, and uh, it's more dependent on your expertise than it is actually the market as to how much money you end up making on one. They're an asset for right. sure, and they do increase in value if you did a decent one for sure. That car is probably yeah. going up some in value since I bought it. Uh, but but uh, I don't. I tell people of collectibles of any kind, fine art, wine collection. I've got a gun collection. Uh, you know, they're all assets because I got money tied up in them. But uh, they shouldn't be more than ten percent of your net worth. Because then you're betting the farm, so to speak, on that category. And so it's okay, and you can make a little money on it, and it's a great hobby that goes up in value. That's fun. And you got the margin because you got the money. I would do it. But just limit it, limit the value to about 10% of your net worth or somewhere around there, and you'll be okay. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. What's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.